All right, everyone, I don't normally stumble over the words, or I can string together a few sentences, but i got, I got to admit, this guest has me a little bit nervous. All right, he's a, uh, he's a great guy. I followed him for a while. I might know a little bit about him just from the interviews with the likes of Dmitry Lipinski and others. My clients say great things about him. Two people that I have a lot of respect for, man. Um, you know, Brad Gardner over there with Hometown. Uh, Jason Reisman over there with uh, Eustace Roofing in Florida. Uh, Paul Reed, it is an honor to have you on this show, and I know we're going to get an immense amount out of this. Appreciate you having me on, brother. Looking forward to it. Now, I don't know you personally, so when, before we started, I just said, hey, let's just get to know one another, man. So I know it's a loaded question. Who's Paul Reed? And for those who have not been introduced to you, maybe just introduce yourself and what you're all about. Right on, man. Great question. So name is Paul Reed, uh, one of the owners of Northwest Roofing, based here out of Denver. Do a lot of work across the country, um, mainly commercial. Mm-hmm. Used to be a large residential contractor. Made that switch uh, six, seven years ago. Used to do two to 3,000 residential roofs a year. Kind of got sick of that game and jumped feet first into commercial. Uh, my true passion, though, is is really education in the, in the roofing industry. Um, we started the Commercial Roofing Academy about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then also, most importantly, is one of the founders of Roofers in Recovery. Mm-hmm. So it's our nonprofit that we help send men and women in the roofing industry to uh, drug or alcohol treatment centers. I love it, man. I want to jump into the roofing industry, but... Um, I'm sure you've heard this before that or the industry itself lends itself to addiction. Yeah. Um, Lord knows I've had my struggles with it and been very honest about that on the show. I still struggle with it at times. Right. Um, and because there's big highs and big lows. Some days you feel like you're a piece of crap. Other days, man, nothing can go wrong. A real right. ebb and flow if you want to look at it that way. And the money is the difference yeah. in my opinion. You can feel that way in a lot of other industries, but the money doesn't follow it. Here, the money, go, you, money comes with success. It does. More roofs, and you, all of a sudden you see a paycheck like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about roofers in recovery and how that process works and how people, the, how you help them and how you get involved and what does it work, how does it look like in their life? Yeah. So in our industry especially, it's one industry in the entire country that literally if you can't work anywhere else, you could go be a roofing salesman. That's right. right. There's no, like, bar to entry you know, you could literally get arrested on Saturday night and, and go out and sell roofs on Monday, mm-hmm. right? It's that one industry, like most people don't run background checks or do anything and it just, and and the other thing is like a lot of addicts and, and alcoholics are kind of hustlers, right? And I don't yeah. mean to be rude or whatever, but you're kind of, you got kind of that hustler mentality yeah. and you get into roofing, you can be pretty successful, you know, being that hustler out, you know, selling roofs. But I'm an addict myself. So I started in the roofing industry when I was 18 years old. I'm on my 30th year in this industry, so I'm officially the old man in the industry. But 18 years ago, I got into roofing because I felt like, man, what a great job. I was an installer. I wasn't a salesman. I was an installer. What a great job. I got to sit on a roof all day and drink beer and smoke weed and do all those things. And I just fell into that path like so many people do. I mean, no one intends to be an alcoholic or intends to be an addict. It just just happens. But does anyone know? intend to be a roofer either? No. <laughs> There's, like, no one in the history of roofing that, like, when they were a little kid in second grade, when the teacher said, what do you do, want to do when you grow up? No one said, I want to be a roofer. No one. They were, like, I want to be a fireman or yeah. a cop or a cowboy. No yeah. one said roofing. For sure. All right. So um, because I was an addict, ended up in rehab here in Denver uh, 15 years ago. And since then, I've been clean and sober from that. And one of the ways that I got into rehab, because rehabs are expensive. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Back then, it cost $30,000 to get me into a rehab. 
Okay. It was a little nicer rehab than, than a lot of them. It was still $30,000. My family couldn't put together $30,000, but they did somehow. Friends, families, relatives, people that didn't know. I got a scholarship, and they pieced together the money, and they put me in. And so one of my passions, after so many years, and I started you know, doing better in the industry and making money again and you know, recover my life, was I felt like it was my duty to give back to those people that were like, I was. Yeah. And so the idea was like, hey, let's send someone to rehab. Let's put some money together and send someone to rehab that's in the roofing industry to give back. So it kind of took off from there. And next thing we knew, we were doing a 501c3. And, you know, now we send numerous people a year to rehab. If I can ask you a personal question. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of pressure to just being sober and being an addict and being sober. Mm -hmm. Do you feel an extra amount of pressure that ever comes with it, at least in the beginning to now? of being that founder of Roofers in Recovery, to having that pressure on you, the light almost on you. I would even say there's probably been times where people have wanted you to screw up. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and do you feel a little extra pressure on it, or do you have you become comfortable in who you are as a man and a leader over the years of helping so many others? I struggled with that for a long time because it was almost like, once I really came out with it, they're like, hey, I'm sober, been sober, and I'm here to help other people that I almost was like that monster in the room. I walked in because, you know, most roofing events that you go to, there's a lot of alcohol flowing, you know, and there's a lot of drugs. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. It just kind of comes with the industry. And so all of a sudden it was like, oh, man, there's that weird guy that's sober and he's going to, you know, be preaching about sobriety, blah, blah, blah. Let's let's avoid him. So and a lot of that was made up in my head. Right. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people there you know, that could care less, right, and would support it. But there's also those people that were like, hope to see you fail, because you'd love to see that, you know, people people like that. So yeah, I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to um, maybe fit in and, and, you know, not make people uncomfortable because they were they had a drink in their hand. Yeah. So I put a lot of pressure on myself not to, I don't know, sometimes I'd even avoid it. But, but yeah, I mean, as a, as a human being, like, I'm, I'm human too, and I, I feel those pressures, and sometimes it gets overwhelming you know how it is like yeah. you know you, you you got a big following and people look up to you and and you got to act a certain way a lot of times and and for me you know most of it i'm sure just like you a lot of it's just natural to who you are yeah, but sometimes you'll feel that pressure to make sure that you're really shining and going out of your way to to do things and and to be honest with you sometimes i get tired and sometimes i just want to stay home and yeah. like not talk to anybody when someone calls and you know so you get a lot of that pressure but I believe my personal belief is is God provided us with the platform and you got to honor that and you need to answer the phone you need to be there when someone needs help or someone needs advice in business or, or wherever makes me think of man I owe, I owe an apology to somebody and you know the man well and I owe an apology to I didn't do anything per se to him but you're you're giving me a reminder that I didn't want to see him fail but I was a little bit jealous of the guy Jonathan yeah. Sherwood yeah okay good-looking cat Right. Speaks really well. When I was starting in this industry, I remember RoofCon, when I broke away from my previous company and started this show mm -hmm. and creating content for people. I remember looking at Jonathan Sherwood. I'm like, man, it's full of crap. This right. guy's just a good-looking guy, just kind of making his name on this, you know? And I, I, I passed a lot of judgment on that guy. And I've gotten to know him since then. Right, and good guy. Good yeah. guy. He's yeah. a good fella. Um, but I was one of those people originally that sat there and went, oh, come on. This is just a, a networking, money-generating deal. You know, they're just yeah. trying to bring people in. I made that mistake. Um, I never told him I'm sorry, but right. hope this serves as you know to that. Um, I get it. 
I guess I was one of those people when I first came into roofing looking at that. I struggle with that. Absolutely. I, uh, I have guys that, you know, because, again, a lot of my problems that I've had in life have to do with ego, right? <laughs> like, I have this ego sometimes that, because it's a weird concept because I have a huge ego, but yet at times in my life, and I've really worked on this, I'm not really like this anymore, I was also the one of the most insecure people you ever met. I would never let you know that. Yeah. But there was like this weird, you know, big ego, but yet also insecure person. And so what would happen, I would see some people getting some success, like other leaders in this industry, mm -hmm. and they were doing it in a different way than I was doing it. And they were having success or what I thought was maybe even more success than what I was. And so like when you were talking about Jonathan, it was like I was kind of cheering for him to fail. Mm. Right. And, and that, was a, that was an ego thing. Me too. Right? right. Even though they were helping tons of people, it was like, you know, people should be coming to me for, for this advice. Like, yeah. where the hell are they going to that person? And it's, yeah. it's just your ego talking. Well, yeah, and my, I'll be honest. I mean, I was just kind of thinking young guy, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. This is all, this is a real, that kind of yeah. stuff. And um, that, that pride factor is a big thing. Yeah. Um, I think about, you know, I'm going to think through this with you. The narcissism, there are those people who believe they can't do anything wrong. It's all grandiose. But then there's that other kind who are trying to just show off to, to mm -hmm. cover the insecurity. And I fell into that for a right. long time. Um, and, uh, heck I still do where I, I shouldn't be trying to do this or, but I'm just trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right. Um, and then for me, I, my struggle jumping into this, not so much anymore, but every now and then I'm not a roofer. Right. I don't have a roofing license, but if I can at least talk to a bunch of people who know what they're talking about, like you and Brad and, right. and Jason, then maybe I can get a little bit of damn credibility for he's heard from some good people. Um, but I, I still struggle if I'll run a roofing process like Dimitri. Yeah. I sometimes wonder, like, okay, is he going to look through this and, like, see right through me that this guy's full of crap? I don't know roofing, but I know I, I want some guys to hear their story. Yeah. Like, that, that's all I'm trying to do. I don't talk about the roofs very much, but I think that there's something to be said for a guy who yeah. makes something with his hands, who builds something. Not a software you got to go ahead and implement and sell right. for a couple million. But damn it, you get up there and you work. And at the end of the day, that's what there is. There's not a lot of that left anymore. We're going to be right back to that podcast. But man, I'm excited to tell you about my friends at Scorpion right now. If you haven't heard of them, go over to scorpion.co. And I'm telling you, these people can change your business. Here's why. I see, I see contractors and blue collar entrepreneurs. I see doctors and attorneys always dishing out money to social media, advertising, marketing, SEO. They don't know where it's going or if it's even working for them. That's what you're gonna solve with Scorpion. They have over 20 years of experience. They are working with over 14,000 businesses, so you know these people are doing something right. They're the big times, everybody. Stop using your local marketing company in your city and your county and step up to the big league. They will take your business to another level. They can handle your advertising, your marketing, social media, everything AI driven. And I love their reporting. So when you give them that money, you know exactly where it's going and how it is going to benefit your business and what is working best for you. You've got to track your social advertising and marketing like you track your dollars that come in and out of your business. And that's what they're going to generate for you. Please go over to scorpion.co. Again, that's scorpion.co. See it on the bottom of the screen right now. Set up a tutorial with them. Let them walk you through the technology and show you how it can grow and scale your business faster than what you're doing right now. 
I'm telling you, it's scorpion.co, great people over there, and they will change the way you put your name in front of customers. And now, back to that podcast. There's, there's really not, and I think one of the more important things that we could do as an industry is, you know, the majority of people in the industry are like a type A personality, right? Yeah. And none of us like to ask for help. None of us like to admit that we're struggling with just day-to-day life, and we're supposed to be this big, cool company owner driving a big lifted truck and you know making millions of dollars but at the end of the day it's like we're people too but because of because of the way this industry has been set up it's like it's not okay to talk about some of your vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and it's not okay to admit like hey I don't really know roofing but like I'm here to help we need like what you're doing like we this is what we need in the industry no one could I mean it, who cares what shingles the best right like it's for different areas, different shingles work better, blah, blah, blah. What we really need as an industry, what I think truly makes an impact is doing like what you're doing, getting to know people, letting other people that watch us, because here's a fact. Every time you put on a show like this, someone's going to get one little thing out of that. 100%. And it doesn't just affect that person. It might just be the one person that got it, but it, it affects generations. And that's like true legacy. It affects that one person, which spawns into thousands. And I think that most people don't realize that and, and don't understand like that blessing that you have your platform and how you could truly affect people. Yeah. How much does that weigh on you now? I mean, you've got a, your platform is, is larger than mine. You, you've got people forgetting the sober thing. Let's just talk about the industry, right? Your opinion. If you come out there on a social media platform and you turn your phone around and say it, yeah. thousands of people in this industry will see it within 24 hours. Yeah. Just by turning your phone around. Yeah, I mean that's got to carry something with you. I don't, I don't have that reach. Not the, a lot. Maybe you and Dimitri, the, you, the, you, Adam Benzman, you and Dimitri have some. You have that weight. Yeah, in the, a different when way. I realized when I realized that it was overwhelming. I almost like just shut my phone off and like yeah. got off social media because some of my insecurities maybe crept in. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, let me follow me. Like I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. blah blah blah. But once I kind of realized that it was, it was kind of a big deal because I remember like. Back years ago, you know, some of the big giants in the industry, I seen a lot of those guys and I seen the way they acted mm-hmm. and, and they, they weren't nice guys. They were, they were kind of assholes, really, yeah. and treated everybody like they were below them. And I thought to myself, if I ever got to that position, that I'll never do that. Well, right? you are. I'll never, I'll, I'll never be like that person. And because, you know, there was a guy here that came up to me earlier and I recognized him. I seen his name. I actually, um, I didn't, I didn't know his name. Yeah. I didn't know who it was. He came up to me and he goes, "Man, I just want to come up and shake your hand. You're my hero. I've been following you for years." And I was like, oh, you know, and I felt horrible because I he knew me and I didn't know if should I ask what his name. You know, I I didn't know what to do because he just said I was his hero. Yeah. And it was a little bit overwhelming, right? But like, I appreciate that, and I. I you know, love that I'm in the position I am today because if I can affect people, that's that's so cool, yeah, right? And and now I just I want to help people and I want them to have success because, fact of the matter, at some point someone did help me and it's we got to give it, we got to pass it on. So you're out there right now. You've been in the industry a while. Tell me the good and the bad that you see out there traveling across the country. Um, what what gives you a lot of fire in your belly? And what are you looking at going? I mean, I'm shaking my head at this right now. Talk to me a little about the industry, brother. What my drive right now is, and one of the reasons, like with what we do with our education platform, like the Commercial Roofing Academy, 
what drives me absolutely crazy, and I, I got this from my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law owns a plumbing company. Okay. Okay. They're plumbers. They're literally guys that, that deal in human feces all day long, right? Plumbers look down on roofers. Hmm. Most trades look down on roofers. Like, you're the worst of the worst if you're a roofer. Like, most people... You would not be proud if you were a little kid at school to introduce your dad as a roofer. Yeah. You want to say, oh, my dad's a banker or my dad's this or that. That drives me crazy because I think that roofing is an honorable profession. Me too. Right? I really think it is. There's, there's great potential in it. It's, it's one of the best industries that you could absolutely be in. And it drives me crazy that we have such a stigma. After a storm hits, this, this drives me crazy, after a storm hits... If a storm hits Denver, Colorado at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, on the 5 o'clock news, here's what's going to happen. And this is all across the country. Here's what will happen. Anchor will get on, and he's like, oh, we had a big storm out in Aurora, Colorado. They'll flip it out to the guy that's on the street, you know, standing in the hill. And they'll say, like, oh, there was, you know, two-inch hill, blah, blah, blah. And immediately they go into the fact of, like, hey, you got to watch out for these scammers. Mm -hmm. Right? We've caused that. We caused that. So it drives me crazy, and so I'm very passionate about trying to do things right, trying to educate people to do things right, because we're not the worst of the worst. You know, plumbers shouldn't look down on us. No. And it, so my, what I've tried to do is, is, is raise that up. I think, you know, that, that's a big one for me. And the other thing that's, that's big is the way that the storm restoration market is and the way it's went. I think that um, we've killed the golden goose. We're literally choking the golden goose yeah. because of greed. There's, there's plenty of money to be made. And, yeah, the insurance companies do a lot of bad things. But you know what? I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. We caused it. Mm-hmm. By not policing the industry appropriately. Exactly. Yeah. What you said, though, about the, about the actual industry, about the people in it, you know, I think that we could do a better job because I think that the flash, we've turned towards that, or at least from what I see in the industry, of – Okay, you can be proud to be a roofer. Look at my money, my truck, my lifted stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's wrapped. You know, yeah. That the, the parties, you know, the, yeah. the, that. With, maybe we've missed the point of who is this all for? It's for a customer. It's for a homeowner that we're supposed to be looking out for. Yeah. And I've, I, I don't know if it was you. I, 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 forgive me, but someone said basically you're full of crap if you think you're the only one looking out for the homeowner. A PA, I'm the only one. Attorney, I'm the right one looking out for him. A contra- right. I'm the only one looking out. No, no, no. Why don't we just be real about it and say, we're trying to make a lot of money, and the homeowner is the beneficiary of it. Exactly. So if, I think the real we get about that, the, the, we can change the, how people look at this industry. But it's not going to be through big trucks and big conferences. It's going to be what happens on the ground in the education that is given to the homeowner. Who's going to actually be their caveat? And the person they can turn to and trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hope it becomes more of that. And that's what we're, we're trying to do is just tell the story. Right. You know, who, who are these people? They're not, they're all not, they're not greedy. Sometimes it's just, we've got flaws in the industry that people saw and they took advantage of and others of it did it grossly negligent way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think we could do a better job of who are the people of this industry. Well, we, we can rather we, here's, here's what happens. And this happens in society in general. Generally, you know, you have the majority and the minority. Yeah. Generally the minority is louder. Right. And so what we see in the industry, all the bad stuff that we see in the industry, those guys are louder. And it, in, in my opinion, if, if more of like the good guys stood up and we had more good content out there. Yeah. Right. 
we, and I catch myself doing it sometimes, I'll shrink back and like, I'm just going to sit over here and let them guys worry about whatever. But sometimes you have to stand up and go like, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do it that way. And, and we don't want to cause that. Like that's kind of how society is right now. Mm-hmm. Like the minority is kind of winning because they're the loudest. They're standing on the table going, look at me, look, you know, this is blah, blah, blah. Look at all the flash. Yeah. The majority is just like, eh, I'm just going to stay in my lane. And that's wrong. Yeah. We shouldn't do that. I think another thing, these contractors, and I've said it before to my clients, is that why don't you bring your sales guys to these actual conferences? You want to know why they don't get the information is because you bring a, your sales manager, mm-hmm. you, and your wife. And you guys walk around, and then you wonder why these guys don't see it. You ma- imagine the impact on 10, 10 of your operations guys going and hearing from someone like you, mm-hmm. um, going and hearing from somebody who does it the right way, and they go, whoa, there's other ways we shouldn't be doing it this way. Right. What if that guy stepped up in front of, in front of a new sales rep and said, stop, stop selling that. We ain't doing that. Right. That's, that's illegal. You can't say that. Yeah, you got away with it this time, but that doesn't fly around here. Um, and education does a lot for that, but most companies won't invest in their people to just try a conference, try going to something and listen to you speak. Um, and because of that, they never get the word except secondhand. Right. Um, I think that would do a lot in the face-to-face between a home or business owner and the people that are putting the roofs on. It absolutely does because most, most sales reps have already tuned out their company owner anyway. Correct. He, I, I, I do a lot of consulting, private consulting all around the country. And I'll go and I'll, I'll speak to the guys and all of a sudden you see them light up. They're like, oh my God, that was the smartest thing I ever heard anybody say. Mm-hmm. And we'll get done and the owner will be like, dude, I've been telling them that for two years. I'm like, they're, they're, not, they're numb to your message already. Yeah. You know? So I think, it's, I think it's important, you know, the education piece, we miss out on. There's plenty of money to educate your team. Yes. And just one little degree that you turn your company, that's literally millions of dollars of revenue. Just one or two little degrees. It's not, I never go into companies and flip them completely on the side of their head and be like, you're completely doing it wrong. It's like I tune that dial in a little bit, tune this dial in a little bit, and we're talking millions of dollars of revenue. Yeah, you know, That's all it is. Your ability to do that is like a Chuck Toki. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck's a great guy. Chuck's yeah. a great guy. But I've seen him go into companies like that too. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, in one day he doesn't change everything. Yeah. But he, you know what? You begin to turn that ship. Yeah. It's a long turn. It's a big ship. But you begin with just an idea. Okay, I, I affected one guy. That guy becomes a director. He affects it. Like mm-hmm. you said, I think you, that's a good point. Now that I'm thinking about what you meant. Is that maybe it's only one person that affects, it but it, has, person, it has those ripples, brother. You yeah. know. Um, I know we're short on time right here. We got a great dinner to get into. The guys yeah. here have put together one heck of an event. The roofing uh, summit here, um, and the, the roofing academy. You know, really something special they're trying to put on here, and I think they succeeded. It is. Um, great plated dinner man these guys nice here in breckenridge colorado but i want to know this for somebody who's just hearing from the first time in my audience how can they how can they get in touch with you paul and what would what would be the best use of their time with you in other words like what could you help them out with the most and how who should get involved with paul reed hope i'm making sense with that question do i mean first off is within roofers and recovery right yeah. if and because here, here's a fact in america Literally everyone in America is affected by alcoholism or, or drug addiction. You may not talk about it because it's embarrassing, that whole stigma, right? But I promise you, someone in your family, someone that you work with, one of your relatives, whoever, like someone has an issue. So if they're in the roofing industry, reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my phone number is 719-588-4361. I have to quote the great Dion Sanders because we just got him here as coach at CU. I ain't hard to find. <laughs> so you find me on social media. Um, reach out to me for that. Um, I just had a, I completely lost my brain. 
No, we're going to put it across the bottom of the screen so yeah. everybody can reach out to you. No problem at all. Yeah, so, re so reach out for that, but also, like, just, just in roofing in general. I, I help a ton of people. People will call me all the time with just simple questions. Um, it, that's free. Call me. I, yeah. I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end by saying this, man. I had a lot of good things that have been told to me about you. Um, I think I've interviewed over 200 different roofing contractors, so your name has come up plenty of times on the show. Uh, I think that everyone watching will see in my audience that their authenticity is there for me, brother. Thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time. This was uh, this was nerve when I told I told Hoffney and then this when I saw you across, I said Paul Reed is here. I said I got to get I got to get this interview right here. I appreciate here. it. So it, it's it's a true pleasure, folks. Take down the information you have on the screen right here. Get in touch with this gentleman. He will help your company and nothing else to help you become a better man. So thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Until, you guys are doing a great job. Thanks. Until next time, everybody.